0: Amen. So let's just go to Colossians 2.10. Colossians 2.10. We've been hanging our hat here. We've been hanging our hat here. I want you to put this in the comments. Say, I let go of every mindset. I let go of every mindset that keeps me from living complete. Mm -hmm. I let go of every mindset. Like at this point, we should be like, we're not trying to wrestle God. God don't have to wrestle us to free us. We don't need any of that, man. Listen, we're just, we're committed to being free. We're committed to being complete. We let go of any mindset, right? So in Colossians 2.10, it says, we are complete in Mm -hmm. him. Jesus mirrors our wholeness and endorses our true identity he is I am in us. Oh, now just stop and say la for a minute. We are complete. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing bound, we're not our past. And if you remember one of the scriptures we don't have to go to it today that we used before is in um in um John 1 and it says, "We are not our parents' creation." Mm-hmm. That we are created by God and so he is the one who decides our true identity I am complete in him I need your help this morning put it I, I love Ebony you know where I was going I am complete in him Jesus mirrors my wholeness So I am whole. I'm not trying to get whole. Mm -hmm. I am free. I'm not trying to get free. We're going to take Kim's perspective that when we see ourselves doing something that doesn't look free, that doesn't look whole, that doesn't look complete, we're going to remind ourselves, girl, that is not who you are. Mm -hmm. Man, that is not who you are. I am complete in Christ. Listen, if you think about it, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. This is the shifting of your faith. That your your wholeness is not based in how much therapy you've had. Mm-hmm. Your wholeness is not based in how much time you have spent on the altar. Right. Your wholeness is spent is based in one thing. I am complete in him. Jesus mirrors my wholeness. So if I want to know whether something has the right to be in my life, all I gotta do is look and see if it was in Jesus. That's it. That's it. If it wasn't in Jesus, I don't accept it. Amen. And so I am complete in him. Jesus mirrors our wholeness and he endorses our true identity. Now let's go to Colossians three. Colossians three, verse one. We looked at these scriptures a lot of days, right? It tells us that this is how we see ourselves by faith. Colossians three, one, it says, see yourself Mm. as co-raised. So think about it like this if you were previously identifying yourself as broke or broken if you were previously identifying yourself as sick or overweight or depressed or oppressed it says see yourself co-raised co-raised what however you saw yourself that was down here is beneath your real identity now by faith you're going to see yourself as co-raised now and then it says now ponder with persuasion The consequence of your co-inclusion with him. This is that place of faith. Yep. He says, so, instead, you know, many times people think they don't know how to meditate. But if you know how mm-hmm. to worry, you know how to meditate. <laughs> Say that
1: again. If, you know, how if to worry, you know how
0: to worry, you know how to meditate. Mm-hmm. Worry is just meditation aimed in the wrong mm-hmm. direction so it says now you're gonna see yourself i'm gonna begin to see myself as co-raised with christ i'm gonna see myself as complete so i'm now looking at scripture when i'm reading the gospel i am looking for my real self amen did y'all hear that guys when i'm looking at the gospel i'm looking at my real self so like last week um when we talked about or when i talked about Um, When Jesus faced insufficiency, what did he do? He looked up to heaven. He used his faith in the resources in heaven and he created sufficiency and overflow in his life. When Jesus saw sickness, what did he do? He released healing. When Jesus saw oppression, what did he do? So this is not just Sean isn't tormented by the devil anymore. This is now I have freely received something and I'm about to start giving it away. See yourself as co-raised with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion with him. Your co-inclusion with him changes everything. It does. It changes everything because here's the reality. The more I see myself as complete, it's going to change how I talk to myself. Mm -hmm. It's going to change how I talk to you. It's going to change how I talk to the world. It's going to change how I see situations and circumstances, right? Then in verse 2, it tells us, it says relocate yourself mentally. That's just Romans 12 and 2, guys. It says now Romans 12 and 2 tells us be transformed by the, your, the renewing of your, your mind. mind. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? So when we see ourselves as co-raised with Christ, mm-hmm. when we meditate on this reality that we are free, when we meditate on this word that not only are we free, but that we can give this freedom away. Tell your neighbor, not only am I free, but I can give this freedom away. It should be and giving, should this freedom be giving away. it away. I can give it to my children. I can give it to my neighbors. I need to be giving this freedom away. I'm relocating myself mentally. I'm engaging my thoughts with throne room realities where I am seated with Christ in the co executive authority of God's right hand. Wow. That is so good to me. It That's is. so good to me. Now, let's go to the next verse. Become affectionately acquainted. You know what it feels like when you feel affectionate about somebody, right? Become affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts. Becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again
1: by the earthly rank. And to me, this is so pivotal because if you go back to what we read in that first verse when it says, see yourself co-raised with Christ, it says, now ponder with persuasion the consequences of your co-inclusion. How do I do that? Because what's the how? It's, not, it's It's great to tell me to do it, but what's the how? How do I ponder? with persuasion my consequences of being co-included with christ Mm -hmm. i do that by becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room realities that's the reason that i say that you know we got we live in a land now where people really don't take time to study their bible they may listen to worship songs they may even listen to us preach but they don't have a lot people don't spend a lot of time sitting down reading their word and connecting scripture with what paul was saying to the ephesians what paul was saying to the church of of colossians what he was saying to the church of thessalonica you know what did jesus say when he was talking within the gospels of matthew mark luke and john how does all of that make a co- cohesive picture for me people can quote stories and stories are good jesus says i use parables to help them remember and to help their learning but we have to become students of god's word if you don't become a student of god's word It is difficult to ponder with persuasion the consequences of your co-inclusion because you don't really know what it means to be co-included with Christ if you haven't read what he said about being co-included. If you haven't seen the examples that he's given, if you don't hear the Apostle Paul, that's really what he was saying to every one of them in those Pauline epistles. He was like, you need to become a you need to understand the consequences of your co-inclusion. He says, and how do you do it? How, because they didn't have a Bible like we have now, right? He said, but you have to become affectionately acquainted with throne room realities. That means they had to spend time with those who understood Jesus' gospel message. And so that's the reason that we literally are, Jesus is we talk about this being the day of Pentecost, right? If you think about it like this, oh, Christmas, Christmas is all about us. Uh, looking at Jesus being born, because that's the that's the time frame in which we celebrate that, right? That didn't involve us a whole lot. But then you go back and you look at, okay, what about Easter? Easter all, is all about Jesus getting up out of the grave. And we celebrate it, but that didn't have a lot to do with us. But Pentecost Sunday was the Sunday which the people got endued with power. It's the Sunday in which they went and preach the gospel to everybody and added 3,000 souls to the kingdom. So this Sunday is about us becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room realities so that we can keep from being distracted again from what the earthly realm is trying to do to us so we can go out as ambassadors and preach the gospel message and cause people to come into the kingdom. You know, I
0: love it. And, I, and let me add this. Um, number one, we don't study the scripture just to gather information. We're studying the scripture, looking for our real identity. It's really yes. like our constitution. Mm-hmm. We look at our King Jesus, and we see what did G- we see? What Jesus did with sickness? We see what Jesus did with oppression. Because First John tells us, "As Jesus is in the world, so are we." And I think that one of the biggest disconnects is that. We have read that we're supposed to go out and do this gospel, mm-hmm. to, to um, evangelize people, right? And we have read that as Jesus is in this world, so are we. But we are ill-equipped to do it without the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Now, hear me, hear me. Absolutely. Without the Holy Spirit, you can. I mean, well, you you can gather people in a building. Sure, you can. But this gospel message. And I need y'all to hear the gospel message. Jesus says the gospel message is not complete without signs, wonders, and miracles. Mm-hmm. You should lay hands on the sick and see them recover. But if you don't begin to see yourself, As that being who God has called you to be, you will see someone sick and not even get involved or think that the disease is bigger or think that you got to have Chandra to pray in order for something to happen. What the Holy Spirit did is said this power that was on Jesus is now on you and then jesus said freely you have received now freely give it away we should be known for turning the world upside down or we would say right side up We should be known for speaking life in dark situations, for speaking life to death, for speaking healings, for speaking deliverance, for speaking peace and seeing those things come to pass. But we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Right. So we were at let's look at verse three. Your union with his death broke the association with that world see yourselves located in a fortress where your life is hidden with Christ in God.
1: Now, not your life is hidden from the world. (laughs) From the world, come on babe. (laughs) We're supposed to be the light that's on the hill, that's shining, showing everybody where to go. He says here, he says your union with his death, meaning that all you who died, he says in association with the world, he says, see yourselves then located in a fortress where your life is hidden with Christ and God. In other words, see yourself in a place where Satan can't touch you. And now boldly go and declare that what God has did for you, he wants to do for others. Go and let other people know that there's possible to live a life where that sin doesn't have to dominate you. where where depression doesn't have to dominate you you know that scripture we read earlier uh that we talk about all the time colossians 1:21, when it says your indifferent mindset alienated you from god into a lifestyle of annoyances he says go and teach people that they don't have to have an indifferent mindset that they can have a life this this hidden in christ so these annoyances these hardships and these labors that the world wants to think the world wants to say that is normal for everybody doesn't have to be normal for them.
0: And if you finish this verse, it says, Yes, now he has fully reconciled us and restored us to our original design. What is our original design?
1: We are like our God. Yes. We are like our God. It's why the, it's it's really why the psalmist wrote. Uh, in, in in that psalm where the angel says what is man that you are so you mindful, are so mindful of, him. of him it's like what what is it about man that god you created this heaven we see what this is like you created eons and worlds that we as humans don't even know about yet and the angel's like but what is it about man that my that is so mindful of him and we talk about placing proper value on holy spirit right I was thinking about this would be a Pentecost Sunday. God created mighty works, but most of those mighty works didn't become mighty until God breathed on. them. He had to breathe on. You think about Adam, right? God created Adam out of the dust. Adam was a man, but Adam was just there. He did not, Adam did not become the Adam we know And to the Bible says that God would breathe life into his nostrils. And he became a what? A speaking being. He became a speaking being. We read the story about the Valley of Dry Bones, which is one of my one of my favorite stories. And as humans, we can call things right. We can call things and, and get things connected. But when, it, but when you read the story about the Valley of Dry Bones, when did those things live? When the breath of God came and got into all of those dry bones, they became living. What am I saying? I'm saying that we sometimes, even though we're trying to do the right things, we can become dry if we don't allow Holy Spirit to breathe on the very things we're doing. If we don't allow Holy Spirit to breathe on this broadcast, it's just a broadcast. If we don't allow Holy Spirit to breathe this morning in the huddle, It's just a gathering of people. If you don't allow Holy Spirit to breathe in your marriage, it's just two people cohabitating. You have to have Holy Spirit in the midst of everything you do. And when you realize that you are complete in Christ, you're constantly inviting Holy Spirit in. You're constantly inviting him in. You know,
0: um, that's so good. It's so interesting because we didn't talk about this at all. I mean, we didn't we didn't talk about it's always we didn't talk about how we what we were studying at all. um, Just because you weren't on on the other side of the world. Uh, (laughs) You was on the other side of the world. But listen, this is the thing I say all the time. When people get burned out in ministry, mm-hmm. one of the ways I know, if someone says, I'm burned out of singing on the praise and worship team, yeah. if I'm burned out of working with kids, this is what I can tell you unequivocally. unequivocally. You are doing it in your own in strength. Your own strength and you power. are doing it in yep. your own strength. And you may be a good teacher, a good singer, a good preacher. But let me tell you something. We need the life flow of the Holy Spirit because he allows us to live supernatural lives. Amen. Even Jesus did not do any miracles until the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And many people, you're like, oh, I'm exhausted. Oh, I'm you're dry. What do I mean? I'm not saying you don't love Jesus. Right. I'm not saying you don't read your Bible. I'm saying there is this fellowship in the holy spirit that literally rejuvenates you right he rejuvenates you he refreshes you he does all the things that the bible says he comforts you he ministers to you he strengthens you he advocates you and this is what can happen for us sometimes we get really excited about wanting to do God's work and that's cool that's cool it's real cool to be excited but this is not a work that you can do long term mm. in your own strength nope. And we see it because we have churches that are packed all over this nation, but we don't have anybody getting healed, anybody getting delivered, anybody getting set free. And it's so important that we understand that we thank God for Jesus. Everybody say thank God for Jesus. Thank God we God for thank Jesus. God for the cross. We thank God for the resurrection. But the purpose of the cross The purpose of the death and the purpose of the resurrection was to get us to the place that the Holy Spirit could come and dwell in us the way that he did in the beginning. And the purpose of that is not just for the church to sit around and quote scripture to each other. It is for us to go out into the world and be light and be salt everywhere we go. And let me say this. We're not we don't do that just being good moral agents. There are good moral people of every religion that you can think of. It is the supernatural power of God that should be evident on our life. And when we begin to partner with Holy spirit and become aware of him, then he can do supernatural things through us the same way he did supernatural things with Jesus. Amen. 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 (laughs) Amen. All right. So, um, we're going to go back to that next verse. What's the next verse? I don't think we were. I think it was three. The exact life on exhibiting Christ. This is why I'm such a fan of reading Gospels. So I want to know the exact life on exhibiting Christ is now repeated in us. When Jesus said that we could do greater works, that we would do greater works, not could, my bad. When Jesus said we would do greater works, It wasn't he wasn't just talking. He was saying my my life is now repeated in you. Go do what you saw me do. So we read scripture. We're looking to see how we're supposed to show up. And listen, this is what I know. I laugh because um, I can see the mannerisms of our kids in you. I can see their mannerisms. I can see how they do things the way you do things and you were getting ready to come home yesterday and me and the girls were there and we were like, we were going to clean up the kitchen and how important it was for them to clean up the kitchen in the way that was reflective of how they had seen you clean up the kitchen. Mm. Right. That's what we get from looking at Jesus. Mm. We begin to see what, even if we aren't doing it well, and I need to say this and then we can get to these steps, but, I think it's so important and I'm gonna say this in today's service, the live service, but we don't get to change the commission because we aren't doing it well. Right. We don't get to change the commission because we aren't doing it well. We're still called to preach this gospel. We are still called to undo the works of the devil. We are still called to to help the blind see, to help the lame walk, to cast out devils, to speak with new tongues. And we don't get to change the commission because we haven't done it well. What we can do with the Holy Spirit it is to live it the way we're supposed to live it and become example. Amen. We are included in the same bliss and join oneness with Him, just as His life reveals you, your life reveals Him. Amen. So, we gave these things about how to live a resurrected life, and let's just go over them
1: real quick today, okay? Yep. You want to take number one? Sure. Number one, we said you got to see yourself co ways with Christ. It's what we've been talking about since Easter. You got to see yourself co-raised with Christ. You need to ponder with persuasion the consequences of your co-inclusion with him. And as I said earlier, the way you do that is by becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room realities. So yes. number one, you gotta see yourself. And yes. you gotta remind yourself, even if you make a mistake, I am completing Christ.
0: I am completing Christ. Number two, you have to relocate yourself mentally by engaging your thoughts with throne room realities. Mm-hmm. I have to think about what God is thinking about. How do I know what God is thinking about? The Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Tell you, name, you gotta think about what God is thinking about. How am I gonna think about what God is thinking about?
1: The Holy Spirit. And then number three tells us to avoid being distracted by the old us, right? By becoming affectionately acquainted. There it is again with those throne room realities. How do I do that? I go back to one of our favorite scriptures in Romans. It says, but be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of our minds. How do I renew my mind? I put more word in it, so I push more world out. So number three is I have to avoid being distracted by the old me and become affectionately acquainted with real-world realities. Number four,
0: I have to accept by faith that my union with his death broke the association with the old me and the old world. I got to accept it by faith. Pastor I don't feel no different. By faith. I don't look no different. By faith. I don't sound any different. By faith. Because if I accept it by faith, I will begin to look different. I will begin to sound different. I will begin to move different. I must accept by faith that what Jesus did was more than enough to make me whole. Somebody ought to take that right now. I must accept. I, I, I cannot be a person who is... Crying with tears of joy, Mm -hmm. thinking about all Jesus did for me, and then still believe that his
1: sacrifice was insufficient. When I read this, I think to myself, I'm not a slave to sin anymore.
0: I am not a slave. I'm not in
1: bondage to anything that's trying to stop me from living my God-induced life. I am not a slave. By faith, I accept my union with him. By by faith. faith, I accept it. I love that you said that. I'm not bound anymore. I don't
0: see myself as bound anymore because people never get free if they see themselves as bound. I am not bound. I am not a sinner. I am not ratchet. I am not given to anger. I am not always involved in some drama with a smart mouth. I'm not sad. I'm not depressed. I am who he says I am.
1: Which means I am completely in Him, I am complete in Him. That's really, really yeah. good. Number, That's really number good. five, you got to consider the members of your body as dead and buried towards everything related to idol worship. And we've said for weeks that idol worship is worshiping a distorted image of yourself. It is worshiping the person who, who loved Jesus but cussed a little. It's it's idolizing a person who is quick to go off, but I also you know love love the Lord. That, that's not who God made me to be. I'm not worshiping an old version of myself. I am worshiping the new. I'm not even I'm worshiping the God in me. I'm worshiping God. And, and because I'm completing him. That's my worship. My worship is to God, not to this this thing that tries to get in me and make me behave and act and think in a way that's different.
0: Okay, so I want to say this about number five. I did this thing while you were gone. You don't know this. But every day I decided that I was going to sit down for one hour and 30 minutes with no phone and no, no technology. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was going to sit down and just make myself be still. Okay, And. I noticed this scripture means a lot more to me, this this point which comes from scripture, consider your body is dead. Your body is dead and buried toward everything related to idol worship. So no, I've decided I'm going to sit because I want to sit. I want to hear. I want to release stress, those things. Right. And there will be points where my body's like, we're thirsty. Get up. No, you're not. Sit down. You got to go to the bathroom. No, you don't sit down, go, go, go walk to the mailbox, go see what the girls are doing. And it's like, you have to consider the members of your body dead. So it's not that your body may not want to fornicate. You got to say, we don't do that anymore. Sit down body. Listen, everybody put that in the comments. You got to start to say that to your body, sit down body. You're going to do
1: what God says we're going to do. We are not going to do just anything that we want to do. Amen. Amen. And I kind of said number six was remember that idol worship is worshiping the distorted image of yourself. So you can do the last one. Number seven. And then number seven, embrace God's
0: design and desire for your life Mm -hmm. as your for your life as your own. So we're going to embrace what God is saying about us. We're going to embrace what God is saying about us. Amen. So listen, if we do these things. If just if, if we do these things, when your body want to act a fool, want to cuss somebody out, want to hold office, want to whatever you say, sit down, body, we obey God. Mm-hmm. What if you begin to talk to yourself, sit down, body, we obey God, man. Listen, we believe that this series, this word, it is designed to absolutely change your life. And it is our heart's desire that even if we aren't teaching about this every week, that you are living from this place that you are embracing who God called you to be, that you are not minimizing what Jesus has called you, who Jesus has called you to be, that you will no longer minimize the sacrifice of the cross. And listen, what I want to do as we get ready to go, I want us to pray. I want us to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I want us to pray for those of us who are filled. I want us, our prayer to be this morning, make me more aware. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I need to be aware of this great Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of me so that I can live the way that God wants me to live. So can we just pray about that? And if you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, that is the first step. You need to give your life to Jesus so he can do something great with it. Amen? Amen. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask on this day of Pentecost, we pray that those who are not filled with the Holy Spirit, that they would be filled now in Jesus' name. We thank you that we don't have to beg, we don't have to plead. Holy Spirit is a gift that you have given to us that we would know your desire for us. And Father, we pray for those of us who are filled, make us more aware. Open our eyes, open our ears, bring our hearts into alignment Don't allow us to continue to go through life unaware that you have an answer for every situation, unaware that your presence is is available. And we ask for the Holy Ghost fire to burn up anything in our member that still wants to go its own way, do its own thing, wants to live underneath that place that we've been co-raised. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now come on and give the Lord 13 seconds of praise. Come on and just honor him. We appreciate you so much. Listen, we got to get ready for the huddle. We're excited. We have partners coming in from all over. But listen, let me tell you something. You know, tomorrow we got strategies for success at noon. I hope you'll join me. Then on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central, what do we have? Prayer. Prayer. Something supernatural always happens when we pray, especially when we pray from a position of being led by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. the way that our prayer team does. Yes. Then on Wednesday we have Ignite with our um, teens. I really want to encourage you to get your teens involved in Ignite. I know that they're walking them through the Bible, making sure that they have sound Bible understanding. I love that. Victory Zone is on demand. Get your kids watching Victory Zone. And then at 8 p.m., we have Pastor Ralph who teaches Refresh Bible Study. And those of you who have been attending like I have, you know that that Bible study is on point and it will help you grow up. It will help you mature and it will help you live the complete life that God has given to you, right? And then on Thursday we're off, and then on Friday what do we do? All the champions gather at 6:30 a.m. And I just want to say, baby, Santry, it's a show. Did pray John 15 this past. Friday morning. She did an excellent job, and we're so excited about what happens to in prayer. So many miracles are released in birth during that time, and then next Sunday, we'll be right back here. Kristen Valley will be there at 9 a.m. with Kristen Valley worships. If you haven't liked her page, please like her page. Please share her page. Invite somebody to like it, and then we will be back here at 9 30 a.m.
1: I get them. You got them all. Amen. All right. And so we want
0: to tell you, this is Fellowship of Champions, a church teaching you how to walk in love, live by faith and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. And do you know one of the ways you guarantee your prosperity? A giver, be a giver. If you will get involved in God's work, God will get involved in your family. You
1: know, and here's the thing. And I've said this and I said this back when before the recession of 2008. I tell people all the time, I don't care what the economy does. Don't you rob God of your tithe. The think that your tithe is your ability to hold you in times like this. I know it's easy to cut back. I know it's easy to stop on your on your offering. It's easy to say, well, I can't afford to give that much. Listen, don't allow the enemy to cause you to do something today is going to be detrimental to your financial stability down the road. Make sure that you are hanging in there, that you remain steadfast as a giver, as a tither, as a sower, as a person who's looking to go about doing good. Don't allow the talk of this economy to stop you from doing that. Because remember, being complete in Christ means we don't live by this economy. We do not live live by 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 heaven's economy and our behavior and actions show up. So I just want to tell you. We give, we tithe, we
0: always have gas. Always. We always have gas. See, you ought to put that in the comment. We always have gas. We we always have gas. We always have enough food. We can always pay the utilities. And not only can we do that, we can be a blessing to somebody else. Absolutely. The tithe, the offering, our giving, it sets and, us up. And to here's live. the thing:
1: I've been talking to people over the last couple of months, you know, and some of them have needed different assistance and different things, and we've helped them. But I ask people. Are you still tithing? And it's amazing how they say, well, no, I got behind or I stopped doing it because of this, and this. Listen, the enemy wants you to do that because now he can unleash all of hell on your finances. Don't play the game. Don't, don't, don't rob from God trying to pay something or do something and then, and then end up in a situation where you have to then go to God for the very thing that if you gave him the 10%, he'd have took care of everything. I'm a, I'm a living we, witness. We, we have been pastoring for 22 years Yes. And and let me tell you what I have
0: consistently found. Yeah. Very rarely.
1: Very rarely. Very rarely. Almost never. <laughs> almost
0: never does someone who is consistent in their time and their seed sowing yep. need repeated help. Yep. Almost.
1: Almost, almost never. never. Almost never. And if they the do, the majority it is some- of the people who are needing the help, if we're just blunt and honest, are the people who keep robbing God of His time. That's just the truth and They it, keep coming up short because of it And here's what's so interesting to me It's like literally people
0: it, 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 And it's people who don't believe in tithing Yeah, But you don't believe in tithing But then you believe we we. You can see it all over social media People don't believe in tithing They don't believe in sowing They don't believe in giving But they believe the church should have resources yep. to help them Where would the church even give <laughs> right, resources right. to help Except
1: them? for it, it comes from the people who do believe in the it's tithing And the people who don't need the help Because they are tithing
0: And let me tell you something, Pastor Edwin and I have learned to say, and we just live by this. Let me tell y'all, because I want to help all our tithing partners, our church is 100% tither, so we want to say this to you. Listen, one of the things we learned to do early, the Bible says, what you make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. So I want to tell you the things. You may not know the who, but I want you to know the things, if you are a tither, that you can depend on and expect to always have. Mm -hmm. You will always have a place to pay, to stay, and you will always pay your bills on time. Yep. You will always have utilities. You will always have food. You will always have medicine if you need it. You will always have gas for your car. You will always have a car that works well and doesn't break down on you. You will always have the ability to send your kids to school. You will always have shoes and clothes, and you will always have food for your family because what you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. And I can assure you that even though we may not make an announcement every time we give,
1: you have given to every one of those things. Partners, amen. You have given to everything. If you've, been, every if one you've of given into things, this ministry, then you have that seed in the ground. Because you have we that sown as a ministry. In the into those things.
0: You have no idea the number of people that you have kept from being evicted, yeah. people that you have kept their lights on, people that you have kept their, their cars from being repossessed. You have no idea, but heaven knows, and that is why you give your tithes and you have an expectation. I have an expectation. Money is the easiest thing to make. There is money always around me. Money is always looking for me. And I had this confession the other day that came up and I want some of y'all to take this for your life. Money is looking for me because everything has a voice and money wants to fulfill its righteous purpose. Mm -hmm. Money knows with me it can feel its righteous purpose. Mm -hmm. Money is looking for the strict ones. Because money has a righteous purpose that will be fulfilled with the strictness. What do I mean? We're not taking it for no drugs. We're not taking it to the strip club. We're not taking it for anything illegal or immoral. We're going to use money to bless the kingdom. We're going to use money to bless people. We're going to use money to be good to each other and be good to our family. So money
1: is looking for me because money can fulfill its righteous assignment when it hangs out with me. In fact, as we get ready to go... As you sow your seed today in the note section, that's what you ought to say. Money. This is my money is looking for me. See, This is money is looking for me. Money is looking for
0: me. M- it's money is looking for me. And there is not. I can tell y'all guys since we since I got this, there is literally not a day that goes by that somebody doesn't give me money. And so I'm telling you, and the same thing can happen for you. We love you guys. We'll see you back here next week. It's going to be an amazing time. Have a a great week. Be complete. Be reminded of your completeness. Have a beautiful day every day. And go out in the world looking to
1: be light. We love you guys. God bless. Have a great day.